Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. We are a show for men by men talking about things from a man's perspective. And uh, we started off saying, you know what, guys are really good talking about sports, weather, and politics, but we need to be able to have an outlet just to be a tool in the toolbox of men to be able to have conversations and ask themselves good questions about the things that matter for eternity. And we believe here that you are not living in your destiny and the, the, the plans that God has for you if you are not living by walking with and through Jesus Christ. So that being said, that's the, the premise of every show we do. Today is going to be the first of four shows in a row that we are going to do something that we've really never done before. And I didn't mention my co-host for the first time in a long time because <laughs> our guest today is the co-host, uh, Kurt Souter. And uh, before I introduce him, for those of you who have never heard him, I want to read a quote about what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. And we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. The warfare that's going on around us and we are involved with, whether we believe it or not, in a world that we don't see. There was a book floating around for years, especially a lot of corporate guys would would buy this book. And that was a really hot book, probably 20 years ago, called The Art of War by Sun Tzu who was a Chinese general. And here's a quote from the book. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. And I think that is incredibly appropriate and relevant for today's topic of today's show about who is our enemy. So that being said, I'm going to go to my ally over here, my brother, uh, our guest today, because it's the first time we, I think we've ever really done this, where we don't have a, our guest is Kurt, and I'm going to kind of turn the tables on and ask him some questions and he's going to be our guest and, and we're going to unpack in the next four weeks. So we're looking, we've been looking forward, we've been talking about this for a long time and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Kurt, welcome to the show. Oh, it's so good to be on the show with you, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, for those of you who have never heard the show and there may, I'm sure there's somebody who may say hey, it's our first time. Kurt, uh, tell me about, uh, you are the co-founder of a little ministry called Further Still Ministries. Give me the short version of what and who Further Still Ministries is. Yeah, about 15 years ago, uh, my first wife and I started a ministry, and it was primarily a a Christian uh, radio, teaching, uh, speaking, writing, Bible studies uh, ministry. And I would join her when I I could because I've been pastoring for about 30-some years. And... So we'd do that, and uh, and then we joined together back in uh, well the end of 2012. And of course, many people know she um, was immediately diagnosed with stage four non-smokers lung cancer. Passed away 13 months later, and so uh, further still ministries is to lead and encourage others to lives of depth and influence. Bob Russell used to say, uh, you know, how do we how do we not be a mile wide and an inch deep? And uh, I love what Richard Foster says. Um, we, we really don't need more creative people. We don't need more um, intelligent people. Uh, our, our really greatest need is deep people. 
And it's, it, it goes uh, what the psalmist says, deep, as deep calls unto deep. And how do we help people walk in with more depth? How do we l- help people have a biblical framework and how do they walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and walk with victory? And uh, so that's the passion of uh, Further Still, and that's what I've been doing for the last, uh, you know, almost 10 years. Now, when you and Kristen were first meeting, and you all met where? We met at Moody up in Chicago. Okay. So there was a gentleman who came across your all's path that really was influential you all to you all in regards to today's topic, in regards to spiritual warfare. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about Dean. Yeah. Um, we graduated in 91, and then I was pastoring, and I was a youth pastor up in Chicago, and then I became a senior pastor in northern Indiana, and came across a guy named Dean Hostetler. And Dean became a dear, dear friend. He mentored me and really uh, helped uh, me and, and Kristen at the time uh, really understand spiritual warfare. I, you know, I grew up in the church, and I understood, you know, okay, there's a devil and there's demons, but I really had no framework whatsoever. And uh, it was, it was a, a, an incredible opportunity to be trained by a really, really seasoned minister. Uh, he was a Mennonite minister. And uh, he had a son who was overseas in mission work. And, uh, and, and Gene, Dean was an incredible, wise saint who understood how the devil and demons work in, from A to Z in, the Christian, in a Christian's life. You said a word there that perked my ear and always has. He trained you. Talk about, let's, talk, let's segue into why are we doing a four-week series on spiritual warfare? And are we, or have we not been trained as Christians in regards to this topic? Well, I, I know, know the answer to that, but I, wanna... I, I, I don't think so. I don't think we've been trained in this area very well. Now, and there, there's some churches and there's some ministries. Uh, you know, Dr. Neil Anderson, I've learned a great deal from him. Uh, Mark Bubeck, who is, uh, you know, with the Lord now, but he uh, was an author and trained and spoke and taught quite significantly on this topic. And, you know, Timothy Warner and others, um, I've learned from a, a great deal, mostly through the writings. But the average person in the average pew in the average church has not been trained on spiritual warfare. And it comes, uh, if you look at like Second Corinthians uh Paul says, we are not unaware of his schemes, speaking of the devil. And I go, oh, in America? Yeah, we are unaware. Uh, uh, we are pretty much unaware of how he works. Why, why have we not been trained? Um, I think we're on one spectrum or the other. If you look at a football field, on one end is, a, is the end zone. That end zone is in the evangelical world. We, we just don't, ra- we rarely talk about the devil and how he works. And then there's the other end of the football field, and that's uh, you know the end zone, and that's where we say oh, there's a there's a demon behind every rock, tree, bush, couch, chair, table, you name it. If I hit five red lights in a row, the devil's on my you know, and we blame, and we we, we focus too much on him, and uh, and Dean used to say that's not it's not either end zone, it's right at the fifty yard line. Uh, 21 out of the 27 books mention devil, evil spirits, demons, powers of darkness. I'll say that again. Uh, 21 out of the 27 New Testament books yes. reference evil. Yes. Mm. And, um, 
and you know, uh, Paul mentions it in Timothy in First Timothy and Second Timothy. He talks about the trap of the devil. Um, he says it in you know Second Corinthians two, the schemes of the devil. Ephesians chapter six, he um, he's the, he's scheming uh, the uh, the King James version, the wiles of the devil. Uh, per, uh, Peter talks about First Peter five. He says he's he's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, James chapter 4 says, you know, we're to submit to God and we're to resist the devil. And um, so the authors of the New Testament were very, very aware Mm -hmm. of spiritual warfare and how the enemy works, and yet most Christians don't have that um, in in their wheelhouse and in their perspective. Well, as we finish up this segment, I want to tell the listeners where we're going in the next four weeks. We'd love for you to come along with us and bring some people with you. So this week, we're going to talk about the enemy. Who is Satan? Where does he come from? We're going to talk about that in the next three segments. Next week, we're going to talk about demons and demonic activity. And then the following week, we're going to talk about what are we supposed to do? What does warfare look like? What is living in this war look like in day-to-day spiritual warfare, hand-to-hand combat, if you will? What does that look like? And then the fourth week, we're going to probably wrap up a lot of the what we haven't talked about and maybe answer some questions that we get about what warfare may look like in the day-to-day life. You know, I did a, uh, I was just curious because I heard Howard Hendricks say, that we have about 60 days of Jesus's 33 years on earth recorded in scripture. And I, I, that blew my mind, but I found somebody way smarter than me who actually broke it down. And it was 59 days of Jesus's life in the gospels. And I went through this person's breakdown and this is not scientific. I don't have any degrees, but I went through and I counted of the 59 days, 24 of those days, Jesus talked about, referenced, or engaged Satan and darkness. That's 40%. We're going to talk more about that in the next coming segments because we need to know about it. We're in a war. We, we gotta, need to be better equipped. we got to be trained. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors, LNN Credit Union. Uh, they have been around for a long time in the Louisville, Kentucky, Anna area. And if you have personal, commercial, any kind of loans you need, personal financing, LNN Credit Union will take care of you. They've, they've been helping the city uh, for a long time. Now, Vision First Eye Care, 11 different cities in the Kentucky area, six in Louisville alone. If you've got a set of eyes, Vision First will take care of you. You are more than just a set of eyeballs. You are a person. And then Frank Enterprises, they are professional septic tank landscaping and wastewater management services. If you've got wastewater outside your house or inside your house, (laughs) they can take care of you in regards to getting that water where it needs to go. So, uh, Kurt, out of the first segment, we were talking about uh, we're at war and kind of got a 30,000-foot view. But one thing we want to emphasize over the next four weeks is that the the lead character in spiritual warfare is never the devil. (laughs) Is God, not Satan. That's right. And many people want to make satan the top dog in spiritual warfare and he's not so would you pray for us as we start this journey that we need to put 
the main person, the main person. And this is a prayer that I, I'm going to pray this from uh, Mark Bubeck. It's a, a modified, modified it just a bit, but Mark Bubeck, uh, let's pray. Okay. Um, he wrote this. Heavenly Father, would you open the eyes of our hearts that we might see the truth of who our true enemy is so that we can avoid the snares and pitfalls of the enemy before us. And through the quickening of your Holy Spirit, Lord, would you help our minds to grasp the power of the truth who lives in in us. Let the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ cover all areas of our being to cleanse, protect, and deliver us from the fear of him who has no authority over us or rights of our lives or our families. In the name of our precious Lord Jesus Christ, seal us with your salvation and righteous protection and make us to be overcomers in all things. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. You bet. So, who is Satan and why do we need to worry about him? Well, if, if you read the Bible, you can't read the Bible and not uh, Old Testament or New Testament and not know that there's an enemy. There's an enemy of God. He's the arch enemy of God. Um, it, there's... Uh, prophecy um, alluding to the enemy um, in Ezekiel's uh, prophecy and also in Isaiah's prophecy, but uh, probably the most, uh, I mean, I I mentioned several passages um, in the first segment, but I wanted you, Chad, to read uh, out of Revelation chapter 12. This is a classic description, what what happened in the kind of the, the beginning of Satan. In Revelation 12, verse 7, it says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Yeah, and so you know, if you look in the Bible over and again, there's numerous names for Satan. We see the first uh, picture of him in Genesis chapter 3. He's called the serpent. Um, We see throughout Scripture he's called the devil. We see that in James. We see it in Ephesians. uh, He's also called Satan, which literally means accuser. He's also called, Jesus calls him a thief in John chapter 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, he's also called in John chapter 8 a liar and the father of lies. He's also called a murderer and the prince or the ruler of this world. It's really interesting that God, who has all power in heaven and on earth, but he has allowed Satan for this period of time while we're on this earth to have uh, to be, and to be called the ruler of this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, he's called the evil one. In Ephesians 6, he's called the God of this age. He's called the tempter in Matthew 4. He's called the accuser of the brother, accuser of us as saints of God. And the Bible says in Revelation that he does that day and night. He never stops. He is constant. Listener, do you ever feel condemned or accused or uh, shame? Many, many times it's because of the enemy. Um. He's, and he's called the enemy in 1 Peter 5. There are, there are evil spirits. And one of the translations in Isaiah's, uh, he's called Lucifer. And so there's just a few of the names of our enemy. So if we go back to really some, some almost childlike questions, Satan was then, if we read the scriptures, if I'm reading it correctly, he was an angel. Yeah, he was a cherub up in heaven, and he rebelled against God. 
There was something that was beautiful about him. He was a created being. Um, you know, God is the creator. We are the creation. Angels are the creation, uh, creation. And he was a part of that. And he got prideful and he rebelled against God. And when that happened, God dismissed him out of heaven and, and threw him to earth and, and to be a part of this <laughs> crazy world that we live in. And Jesus said, and I don't remember the reference, I saw Satan fall like lightning, mm-hmm. fell hard, fell fast. Yep. So Satan was an angel created by God. And it says Satan and his angels in that. So we're, next week, we're going to talk in more detail about demons and what they do and what they can't do. But so Satan had a following mm-hmm. and it says here roughly maybe a third of the angels in heaven fell with him. And again, we'll talk about that, but there was something about him that he was followed by these angels. So he, Satan the way I've read through scripture is that Satan had a level of leadership himself, right? Is yes. That, and, and, and it's really interesting. Most people don't, uh, you know, when Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Jesus saying that on the in on Matthew chapter twenty eight, the Great Commission, and and then we we live under and with that authority because Jesus lives in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. But many people do not understand that the enemy understands authority, and he has, you know, some authority on this earth. Not he doesn't have all authority. And, and let me make a, a real quick a statement here about. God is omnipotent. Well, that means he's all-powerful. God is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. And God is om- omnipresent, which is he's ever-present. The enemy and the demons, the devil and his demons, they are none of that. Mm-hmm. They are crafty. They are, they are trickery. Um, but they are not all-powerful. They're not all-knowing. And they're not everywhere. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's what he's not, right? He's not God. He's not on God's level. And in essence, that's why he was booted out of heaven, because he wanted to be on his level. Yes. And Satan, I mean, God cast him out of heaven, right? Yes. And the angels with him, Yep. the ones who were following him. So, But they do have, on this earth, they do have significant power. mm Mm-hmm. And they're incredibly deceitful, and they're they're incredibly. I, I don't like to use the word wise, but they're very cunning, smart. Uh, they're smart, and they are evil, and they don't play fair. Well, l- let's talk about when some when Jesus Jesus said the prince of this world is coming, but he has no hold over me. He's referring to Satan. Correct. Mm-hmm. So why is Satan, and that's not the only time he's referred to as the prince of this world. Mm-hmm. Why is he the prince of the world? Why does he have that title? It's really interesting. Uh, you know, for for some reason, mysteriously, that we will not fully understand all the dynamics um, on this side until we enter the other side mm-hmm. of eternity with God. But God has allowed somehow some way god gets more glory and honor and attention when there is an antagonist and this antagonist 
is is the devil and his angels. Mm-hmm. And so God has allowed this to happen until one day, one day, the Bible clearly teaches that he will take the devil, uh, Matthew 25, and his angels, and they will go to hell forever and ever and ever. Revelation 20, that and, chapter, I believe, is the kind of the breakdown of that. Well, yeah, and, but it's also he, uh, Jesus mentions it in, right. Um, right. in the Gospels. So as we finish up this segment, and we go into the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about the enemy. Uh, not because we are afraid of him, but we need to have a level of respect, which Adam and Eve did not have. And I, I have heard it been explained that the reason he's the prince of this world and never going to be the king. Oh, yeah. He'll never be the king. Never. But he'll be the prince. And I have heard it explained because Adam was kind of given that princehood. But then when he was given the world before sin entered the world to take care of it. Then he lost that princehood to Satan because Satan then came in and, you know, tempted him. I don't know all the theology behind that, but I do think it makes sense that, that the power that was given to Adam, that maybe now Satan has tried to snatch that power. And that's why he's referred to as a prince, but who will never be king. So we're going to take a break, come back and talk more, more about the enemy and what his abilities and our plans are for us here on solid steps radio thanks to our great sponsors like louisville podcast studios if you need to do a professional looking and sounding podcast in the louisville kentucky area you will not find better equipment better setup than podlou.com that's p-o-d-l-o-u.com louisville podcast studios you will have a great uh, experience and great product with podloo.com. Bright Star Home Care, if you have someone who you love, and I jokingly say if you don't love, <laughs> who needs uh, in-home care. Somebody you know who says, man, you know what, they need to get some care in their house and not go to a nursing home or not go to full assisted living. They're not quite there yet. Then Bright Star Home Care. That's brightstarcare.com. Brightstarcare.com is the place you need to start your uh, having that conversation with. And then Dan Hart Financial if you need to talk about what a retirement looks like and what you'd like it to be or maybe not what it needs to be, Dan Hart Financial can take a look at that and uh, help you get, come up with a game plan. Speaking of game plan, we've <laughs> been talking about spiritual warfare and what is the game plan. The last segment we talked about who is Satan, how did he become Satan, what he's not in regards to as far as his power and, and what he uh, who he is and who he's not. But now we're going to talk a little bit more about what Satan is capable of. We said he's not God. He's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. He's not as powerful as God. He's a creation of God. Yeah, but Martin Luther, the great reformer 500 years ago, wrote, A mighty fortress is our God. And he said in the first uh, stanza, he says, On earth is not his equal. Speaking of the devil, on earth is not his equal. He has significant power, and he is formidable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we just have to be aware of that. But, you know, I, I remember years ago, there was a story about a, a man from China came here. I love the Lord. He was a Christian. And he was asked when he was here in America, um, hey, w- what's the biggest difference between the Christians in America and the Christians in China? And he said, oh, that's really easy. You don't know that there's a war going on. And uh, that's why we're talking about spiritual warfare, because he said, in China, we understand there's a war. We understand there's a devil. We understand there's an enemy. And we, we don't just know it intellectually. We, as Christians, we have to put on the full armor of God every day. We are 
we, we pray up and suit up and are prepared up against the enemy. Well, you know, it's in Ephesians 6, it talks about uh, the war and the spirit. It's not in the physical, right? We, we're not at war with the physical nearly as much as we are in the spiritual. But you were talking in the break. Who are we, Our enemy is not just a person, but we also have some other things we're fighting up against. Talk about that for a second. Well, it, it, the Bible teaches that we have three enemies, the world, the world system, we live in a broken and fallen world. There's disease, there's war, there's all kinds of issues, you name it. That's the world, the world system. Then there's the flesh. That's our own flesh. We are, we are born into sin, and that's why we have to be born again. That's why we have to have the Spirit of God live in us. But the, there's the world, the flesh, and the devil. And the devil is really, really good at using those first two against us. So, I mean, for example, let me just, uh, just real quick story, Chad. So here's a, here's a guy. Uh, this is Dan. He was abused as a child. He picks up the phone one day. His dad is having uh, a phone conversation with his mistress. And this young boy listened to this full conversation. His dad was completely unaware that he was on the other line back in the, when we, before cell phones. And he fast forward. He goes to college. He gets married. He's uh, you know, he's I'm I'm sure lived the full college life. If I think you know what I mean, and uh, but he comes to Christ. The cross dealt with his past, but he didn't. Fast forward. He's married now. He's got kids, but a young lady slowly lures him in. This girl was could have been his daughter. Lures him into a full-blown adulterous affair for years, and he lies to his wife, lies to those around him, and finally his wife catches him. And the enemy, I believe, laid that trap 30, 40 years ago. And he used the world and this man's flesh and the opportunity and just... how he just seeks to destroy us on so many levels. Right. So that story is a story that could be repeated many, many, many times with many, many people. Yeah. Um, The fact that Satan has a game plan, he's not stupid. No. He's pretty smart. And so he doesn't, he's not omnipotent. He doesn't know all of our thoughts. So, what are some other ways that he uses the world and the flesh against us? Let me oh, let me just rattle off. I, I just jotted some things down of, of what he does in this world. He possesses. There's literal demon possession. He blinds. This is out of the, this is out of scripture. He deceives. He ensnares. He troubles us. He tempts us. He afflicts us. He opposes. He sifts, as, I, as Jesus said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. He's coming after you. Um, he deceives. He seeks to devour us. He accuses us. And he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And many times when, when you read that steal, kill, and destroy, you think, what, well, what does he steal? He tries to steal our joy, steal our peace steal harmony. He tries to kill marriages and kill families, destroy relationships. And you ask, why? Because he can't touch God. 
So he goes after his kids. And he is vicious. And he will do whatever it takes to try to hurt God. And so he goes after his kids. God loves us. God loved us so much that he he would send his son to die for us and so that we could be reconciled with the holy God. And the enemy's going, okay, I'm coming after him. I'm coming after him. He's a defeated foe. He's really already been defeated on the cross from the standpoint of his his future has been established. And so there's really this sense of bitterness, it seems like, when I read through the scriptures. He's just bitter and angry, and he knows where he's going one day. Is that true? Does he know where he's going? Well, I, I, if he reads the Bible, <laughs> and, the, and he, uh, interestingly, he quotes the Bible. Um, the enemy is not afraid to quote the Bible. We see that in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. Jesus is being tempted. Jesus quotes the Bible out of Deuteronomy, and and the devil's like, oh, you want to play quote the Bible game, Jesus? I can do that. So he does know the Bible, and he does know. And you say, well, why does he, why does he do this? The same reason that um, Adolf Hitler, when he knew um, things were pressing in and that he was probably going to lose the war, uh, he, 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 he wasn't going to give up until he finally took his life. And so he continues to fight. Why? Why does? Um, hey, uh, you know, we're basketball fans here, and in, in, uh, in the Kentucky, you know what? Uh, when when UK is have has a super have a stocked. I mean, all the players are awesome, and they're going to play some at the beginning of the year some rinky dink team. That rinky dink team comes into Rupp Arena, and they think. Uh, deep down in their heart, the chances of us winning this game is like one in a million. But they play it anyway. And I think the devil does the same thing. Right. He, know, he knows he's not going to win. Right. But he's going to keep fighting because he hates God and he's going to do as much, as much damage as he can possibly do. And you also, one of those things you mentioned, deception, that he's a liar, isn't one of his main um, things that he wants to accomplish, which we'll talk about in the next segment, but doesn't he want to deceive us to think maybe we don't know that many people think, well, I can't beat Satan. And so he wants to make people believe that they're defeated. Oh my goodness. And thinking that they can't beat him. Chad, if you would talk to so many Christians, these are people who have trusted and accepted Jesus. They've been baptized. They've been, they have proclaimed Christ, but they live defeated lives. They, they live, and that's a part of the enemy's plan. If, if we, he knows that we are imitators of God, and that, that's what God wants us to become, imitators of God. And the enemy, if he can get us to be downcast, if he can get us to be discouraged, if he can get us to live depressed lives, if he can get us to get our eyes off of Jesus Christ, the one who has all victory and all authority, if he can... If he can get us to get our eyes off of the Lord and we walk up, we wake up every morning and we go to work and we just focus on the things of this earth, the enemy smiles. Right. Well, we're going to take a break and come back. And in the fourth and final segment for today, talking about the enemy, uh, we, only give, we don't want to give him too much press. We want to give him enough press to say, who are we fighting against? 
but we want to hear about what do you think the, the devil's game plan is for us. So we're going to talk about that in the next segment here on Solid Steps Radio. I want to thank our sponsors of the show, this segment especially, Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue. Our good friend Chris Hadley is a catering-only barbecue, award-winning, by the way, barbecue uh, company. His website is southernsmokebbqcateringky.com. That's southernsmokebbqcateringky.com. Or you just go into Google and just type Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue. You will not regret it if you got an event coming up. With five people or 500 people, that'd be a good place to go. He may kill me for saying that, but (laughs) 500 people. Uh, Iroquois Family uh, and Cosmetic Dentistry, Dr. Eric Veal. Uh, He works on teeth, and he works on uh, our family's teeth and your teeth. And He's uh, been doing me for 22 years. So there you go. So Eric Veal, (laughs) if you need a good dentist, he is a great sponsor of our show and a great friend uh, of the show as well. And then uh, Veritech Generators, if you need a generator for your home or your business or you need servicing to your generator, Veritech Generator is a place to contact. Okay, so the first, last three segments, we've been talking about the need for, for us to know that we are at war. And then the last two segments, we've been talking primarily about who our enemy is. If we don't know our enemy, we're probably going to get taken out by him. This segment, we want to finish here talking about how does it look and his plan fleshed out coming after us in regards to warfare. So uh, you can't look at our world today with all the tension, with all the political upheaval, the racial tension, the COVID, and all the the back and forth that you can't help but believe that the enemy is in some form or fashion behind a lot of all of that. If he's not causing it, he's using it. He is using it, and he is very, very cunning. He wants us to doubt that God's a gracious and benevolent God. He, he does that with um, Adam and Eve in the garden. He does it with Jesus in the temptation. I love what Chip Ingram says. The majority of the battle, the spiritual warfare, occurs between our ears. It's in our head, our minds, our belief system, our worldviews. This is where the enemy aims. He goes after, and he, gets, and he wants us to doubt the graciousness of God. The second one. Uh, what I would call this uh, movement is distraction. He wants us to get us off our game, off of Jesus, off of his truth, off, off of walking with him. Many times it's not even that sinful, but he distracts us from faith and focus on the living God. And so my, my question would be, you know, you know, Chad, to you and me and our listeners, how does he distract you? Uh, thirdly, is division. And we see that again right in the garden, Adam and Eve. Husbands and uh, the husband is blaming the wife, and the wife is blaming, you know, and there's just so much blaming going on. We see it with kids and their parents. We see it boss and employees. We see it the right versus the left, Republican versus Democrat, mask versus unmasked, vaccine versus unvaccinated. I mean, it's just crazy. He is all about division. He understands if we can divide, if he can divide, we are weaker and we are unlike the Lord. And so he, he's huge into division. The next one is discouragement. What takes the wind out of your sails? When I ask you that, Chad, what, what comes to your mind? Well, usually fatigue mm-hmm. when you get tired. Yeah. Uh, when things go wrong, sometimes I get f- afraid and then it just just takes it out right out of me. Um, if you remember this, listeners, halt, H-A-L-T. I'm hungry, I'm alone, I'm lonely, or I'm tired. 
halt. Um, that can that can be a great discouragement. And, and and throughout the Bible, that's why we're we're supposed to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. And so, what does he do? He discourages us. If you think, listeners, when I lost my first wife in in the cancer battle um, eight years ago, oh my goodness, yeah, I was I was I had doubts and I had great discouragement. If you ask my wife, my present wife Nancy, I call her my current wife. <laughs> she is so awesome. I am so blessed by God. But when Nancy lost her husband. There's this, there's this fear and discouragement. You know, he just never came home. He dropped dead of a heart attack. And the enemy will use any of these things to discourage us, which leads us to the next one. Number five is disbelief. Where do we not fully believe God? Not what we say we believe, because most of us will say that we believe the right things. But there's a difference between what we say we believe and what we really believe. And the enemy does not want us to embrace and fully believe and trust in the goodness and the graciousness of God. The next one is uh, how he tempts us, temptation. Um, this is suggestion. This, is, this could be anything from unforgiveness, bitterness, gossip, slander, lust, comparison, you know, impurity, sexual immorality, debauchery. I mean, the list goes on. The Bible talks about um, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Oh, my goodness. Do we have selfish ambition today, Chad? <laughs> Within the past hour, maybe not. But. <laughs> Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. I mean, the list goes on and on. And he has a whole wheelhouse to work with to get us to fall into temptation. And uh, he's that's what he's about. How can he get us to fall? And then, of course, the next one is after temptation. Temp, by the way, temptation is not wrong. When you are tempted to have bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart or gossip and slander or to lust, the temptation isn't wrong. It's the next step, number seven, right? It's just the sin. We, we fall into sin. We choose to sin, and we make that decision to, to sin. And there's I just mentioned a couple different kinds of sin, generally speaking. There's sins of omission and sins of commission. Let me ask you this, Chad. Do you th- which one's easier to, see, to, to recognize, to see? Sins of omission or sins of commission? Well, if omission is the things that we do that we shouldn't do, Right now, that's commission. Okay, commission is I, I shouldn't do something. When I'm mad at you, I'm gonna walk up and I'm gonna smack you because I am ticked off at you, right. and I'm sure no, your six boys ne- ne- never, never happens. That never happens. <laughs> that would be the sin of commission. Right. What would be the sin of omission? When you should tell your spouse that you love them, show them respect. When, when, I'm, you sh- when you should do something and you don't do it, it's void of it being done. That's the omission. You omit it from doing it. Yeah. When you when you know you were supposed to forgive someone and you don't do it, that's a sin of omission. Right. And, the, and the enemy doesn't care if it's omission or a commission. Right. He's all into sin. But then he's not even happy with that. The next one is number eight, the uh, pattern of sin. He wants that to be repeated. He wants that to be duplicated 
in our lives, which leads to the next one. Number nine is a stronghold or a foothold. I always ask, what's a stronghold? And uh, it's a strong hold. <laughs> if somebody's grabbing a hold of your ankle, I, my boys, I would we would joke around the house with the little ones. They would grab a hold of my ankles, and I would just walk down the hall, and I'd take a step forward, and they'd slide them with that foot. And then I'd take another step, and I'd slide them with the foot. They have a stronghold. They have a foothold on me. And, and you know what? The devil wants to do the exact same thing with right. us. He wants to, to limit our godliness, limit our pursuit of him, limit our love quotient. He wants to limit all of that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. He wants to limit that and try to eliminate it from our lives. And that's um, you, you see that many times in, in even Christians can have a stronghold. And then, uh, then there's demon possession. And once a person is demon-possessed, we see this in Luke chapter 22, number 11, is death. Mm-hmm. We see that Satan entered Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus, and said, you know what, I'm done with Jesus. I'm, I'm. And the Bible says Satan entered G- uh, Judas, and once that happened, Judas went and took his own life mm-hmm. and death. And the enemy is all about that. And he probably started with Judas with what? Probably doubt. Doubt. He probably started with and doubt. And made his way down. We don't want to formalize anything, but folks, this is not an exhaustive. As we finish up this segment here, um, we are going to unpack over the next three weeks. That's why we're doing four weeks on this. And so um, you probably might ask yourself, well, wait a minute. How in the world, all of this, these, the, uh, I get all of this, and but how in the world with seven and a half billion people and even in my own life, how does he accomplish this plan? Well, if you remember, we talked about in the first segment that Satan and his angels fell. Satan has help. And next week, we're going to spend the entire show talking about demons. And the scriptures say a lot about demons. And we're going to talk about what that might look like. So, Kurt, will you pray us out, please? Lord, thank you that you are victorious and we do not have to walk in fear. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Help us to remember that, Lord. Help us to walk in, in step with you. And Lord, would you protect us from the evil one? Protect us as, we're, as we listen at, at, in this show, Lord, protect us. In your powerful name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hope to have you back next week to talk about demons and demonic activity. The following week, we're going to talk about what are we supposed to do with all this. And then the final week, we'll answer some questions that people have about spiritual warfare. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.